Connor Wigman is a top five quarterback in the SEC next season. You are locked on Aggies. Your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome on in to Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. So, scrolling through Twitter last night, needing some motivation, what to talk about. I found a list. A list that I believe is underrating Connor Wigman heading into next season because I believe Connor Wigman is a top five quarterback in the SEC headed into next year. So this list came from Saturday Down South. And looking at it, it's way too early. And that's what's you know fun about this conversation is some of these quarterbacks on this list, will they be the starter? We don't know. You know, that's the whole point. But there are not eight quarterbacks better than Connor Wigman heading into next season, and there are on this list. So let's run through it. Let's run through the list. You got Quinn Ewers, Carson Beck, Jackson Dart, Jalen Milrow, Brady Cook, um, Nico from Tennessee. Then you got Garrett um, Nussmeyer at LSU, Graham Mertz at Florida, and then Connor Wigman, and then at 10 is Jackson Arnold from Oklahoma. So, how do I feel about this? As I said, I believe that Connor Wigman is a top-five quarterback in the SEC heading into next season. You know, I, I don't know what it is, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what it is that Connor Wigman has to do to earn a little bit of respect. The numbers he was putting up before he went down – Based on QBR, he had some of the best numbers, not only in the SEC, but in all of college football. I tried to make this argument a year ago. Uh, well, uh, you know, eight months ago, it was more in the summer, about how people are sleeping on Connor Wigman. He is a better quarterback than folks are giving him credit for. And that was coming true until he eventually went down with the injury against Auburn. And, you know, I kind of called, like I said, eh, I think um, Rattler and KJ Jefferson and Milton are a little bit overrated. You know, I said that and in the last year, and everybody called me crazy. And I said, listen, I, I'm i not a huge fan of those guys. I think they're a little bit overrated. I think there are a few overrated quarterbacks heading into this season. One um, would be, well, first of all, right ahead of Connor Wigman, Graham Mertz. I, I don't I don't believe that a fully healthy Connor Wigman is a worse quarterback than Graham Mertz. Uh, you can't convince me of that. Now, luckily, we're going to talk about um, SEC road matchups and ranking some games that we're concerned about based on, you know, least concerned to most concerned in segment two. And that Florida game on the road, 
That's when we'll find out. And that's early on into the season. So I think Connor Wigman has an early opportunity to leapfrog Mertz because it's an earlier game in the year. But, you know, what I'm saying is, I guess what I want to get across, and we'll run through all these quarterbacks and talk about do I think Connor Wigman has a chance to be um, to outperform this guy, this guy, this guy. But, you know, Connor Wigman is a really good quarterback, okay? I've seen a lot of folks, and this is a conversation we will have again probably next week, maybe the week after. You know, when portal stuff calms down, we'll get deeper into more off-season topics. But I've seen a lot of folks, you know, commenting, well, let's let's give the reins to Marcel Reed or Jalen Henderson. I think that a little bit recency bias has taken over some folks when it comes to Connor Wigman. I mean, the numbers he was putting up before he went down with the injury were really good. The QBR or the QB rating, whatever they use in college, it's um, that one. Well, I know one's in NFL, one's college. So that, and the, I mean, just the yards, the numbers, he was he was taking care of the football. He was playing great football. I think he was getting ready to take the SEC by storm. I know he wasn't having his best game ever when he went down against Auburn, but I, I, mean, I believe he would have turned that around. Um, I just think Connor Rubin's the guy. Now, yes, are Marcel Reed and Jalen Henderson going to have a fair shot at this starting job? Of course they are. Of course they are. But I believe Connor Rubin wins this job. Um, it started off with a lot more people in, in the YouTube comments saying, hey, you know, I think uh, Marcel Reed's going to win the job. I think Jalen Henderson's going to win the job. It's now the shift is starting to kind of go toward it's Connor Wigman's job. And and that's where I'm at. Um, I'm not saying those two won't at least give him a run for his money, but I just think what coach Colin Klein can do with Connor Wigman is incredibly terrifying for the SEC. So, I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and can tell you why I think he'll be better than Quinn Ewers because I, I don't think that's reality. I think that Carson Beck and Jackson Dart, those three names are the ones where I find it hard to say Connor Wigman can be better than these guys. You know, that is where I find that a little difficult. But then once you drop off after that, I mean, Jalen Milrow, uh, you know, he's going to – he did some good things to end the year. There's going to be a preseason hype. But I just – I'm not fully convinced, fully convinced on Jalen Milrow. I mean, Connor Wigman still has a lot to prove, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not saying that he's – this well-rounded, perfect NFL-ready quarterback right now. He's got a lot to get better at. But what I'm saying is I don't think he's been given the full opportunity to f- break out yet. And I think he will do that this year as long as the offensive line keep him healthy. So the rest of those names, Brady Cook at Missouri. You know, I mean, Brady Cook, he's a good quarterback. But I'm taking Connor Wigman's ceiling over his ceiling, not floor. Floor, Brady Cook's floor is much higher. But I'm taking Connor Wigman's ceiling over Brady Cook's ceiling. And Jalen Milrow, I think their ceilings are somewhat similar. And their floors are somewhat similar. Um, Nico at Tennessee, he's got a really high ceiling. Um, He's kind of like, you know what's kind of funny? He's actually like what Connor Wigman was last year. You know, Nico got that start in the ball game, looked really impressive. But we just don't know what we got. In him, you don't know yet, so you know it's hard to 
Um, and that's why I, that's why I can understand the list where a guy like Nesmeyer and Nico, um, guys like those two quarterbacks, are ahead of Connor Wigman. I get it because Connor Wigman still hasn't fully proven himself. You know, played in a few games his freshman year, a few games last season before going down with the injury. He hasn't. It's not like he's played a full season of football. So I understand wanting to rank those guys ahead of Connor Wigman. Um, I'm not upset that they're ranked there, per se. What I'm saying is I think Connor Wigman will have a better season than those guys. I think there's a world where he finishes when when the year ends. You can see Connor Wigman fourth, fifth on this list, potentially higher if he really hits that ceiling. And, and that's what I'm kind of getting at here is these lists. You know, there was lists like this last year that had Wigman at, the, you know, I saw a lot at 10, some at 11, some at 9 couple maybe at eight, you know, a lot. It was in that range. And I said, Connor Wigman is going to be a better quarterback than where he's ranked right now. And that was going to be the case until he went down with the injury. So I think that you're going to see the same thing this season. Connor Wigman is going to play better football than where he is ranked in this way too early SEC quarterback ranking list. He's a better quarterback than Graham Mertz. I think he can be better than Nussmeyer, than Nico, than Cook, than even Milrow. And then, you know, hey, does uh, Beck take a step back? Does Dart take a step back? Does Ewers take a step back? I'm not saying that's likely, but it's all possible. And I think that if Connor Wigman does break out like I expect him to, he can be an elite quarterback in the SEC. So, yes, I do believe, ladies and gentlemen, Connor Wigman will be a top-five quarterback in the SEC next season if he can stay healthy and the offensive line can keep him healthy. The Aggies have a pretty manageable road schedule this season. You know, the games on the road aren't the scary games on the schedule, but we still need to rank those road games based on what are we concerned about, what are we not concerned about. And the number one game on this list scares me a ton. We will talk about that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But I got to tell you about our wonderful friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that will take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. So LinkedIn, I, I love getting to talk about it because it is such a great company, one that I have used to hire before. I have some friends that have used to hire before. It's an easy service to use that helps put the right candidates for your job in front of you for free, easily, easy to use. And then if you're looking for a job, LinkedIn is the place to go. You can help be connected with employers. It's just the perfect helps both it, it's the symbiotic relationship it helps people looking for a job it helps people uh, looking to hire for their company post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college post your job for free terms and conditions do apply so one argument that I've been making a ton so far this offseason 
is discussing how manageable Texas A&M's 2024 football schedule is. It's incredibly manageable. It's a very manageable schedule where the Aggies can do damage. Now, we're going to rank the road games. And I'll tell you right now, the number one game on my list that concerns me is going to Jordan-Hare Stadium to play the Auburn Tigers in Auburn. That terrifies me. So it came out yesterday, and that's actually what made me want to kind of do this. It came out yesterday that Hugh Freeze, I saw this, plans to call plays. And that, to me, is awful terrifying. I believe Hugh Freeze is a great football coach. I do. I think last year, you know, he had an OC, and it seems like he was trying to balance a little bit of more. He was trying to recruit more than he was really coach. And I think this year he's going to focus more on coaching, and that terrifies me. You have to remember, who plays for Auburn? Well, Cam Coleman, who was supposed to be playing for the Aggies, of course, flipped to Auburn. He's signed with the Tigers, and he's an incredible player that will have an impact the second he walks on campus. They've got a couple more five-star players on that roster. Auburn is an incredibly, incredibly talented football team. You know, they're turning into uh, not, they're not quite on where Texas AM was when they were recruiting like they were, or well, we still are. You know what I mean? Um, the 2021, 22, 23. But Auburn is getting there, is what I'm saying, to where people are going to start saying, yeah, but this team is uber talented. Look at the blue chip ratio, kind of like we always say. So, um, playing this game on the road is terrifying. That environment is scary. Um, I don't think Auburn next season is going to be where they are in the future. I believe that Coach Freeze is going to do some impressive stuff over there. I think that next year is your chance to get them before this becomes a true, you know, um, battle of the ages between two great football teams for the next time Texas A&M plays. And I think you could be the, the same could be said for uh, Texas A&M. You could argue, hey, you know. Don't let Coach Elko have uh, be at Texas A&M for an extra year because one more year and he's going to have more talent and more development, more uh, portal additions. So that Auburn game scares me. I I don't know what's going on with their quarterback situation. I know that the um, Thorne, I mean, we watched him play at Cal Field. I mean, he is awful. So if he is the quarterback heading into next year, Quarterback plays everything, ladies and gentlemen. I don't. If you're, you could have great receivers. You could have incredible. You could have. I talk about this all the time. You could have prime Jerry Rice, prime Megatron, and prime uh, Randy Moss. Right? Okay. And if your quarterback is awful, it doesn't matter. Their quarterback is awful, unless they're planning to make a change or go get somebody in the portal, which they haven't, I believe, to this point. Auburn doesn't scare me as much as they would if they had a legitimate SEC quarterback. But the, what scares me more than that game is the knowing that you have to go in that environment. It's a good environment. It's a tough place to play. So that is what scares me about that one. The number two game I have, kind of for the same almost exact reason, is Florida. Playing in the swamp is always a little bit scary, kind of like playing in Auburn, like I just said. The Swamp is an environment that has tons of, you know, a lot of rowdy people, 
lot of yelling gators. Um, now, you know, they do have Graham Mertz. They do have um, this, this team, but I, I'm not, I am terrified of the environment, not of the team. I'm, I'm willing to make a prediction right now that I think Billy Napier is gone by the end of the season. Now, to be fair, I'm not saying that Napier was a great coach, but if you look at Texas a and I'm sorry, not Texas a if you look at Florida's 2024 schedule, it is an absolute gauntlet. You could argue that their only like real manageable game in SEC play is hosting Texas A&M. And then their non-conference slate is like UCF, Florida State, and another really good team that I'm blanking on. Um, but what, I, what I'm getting at here is there's only – I think there's one you – because know, a lot of teams have the, the non-conference games where they're not great football teams. Pretty sure that Florida only has one of those. I don't see a world where Florida wins two games. I mean, in all honesty. So I think Napier is gone after this year. But playing on the road there scares me. And that Florida team knows, hey, if we want to do anything this year, we have to beat Texas A&M. So they're going to be extremely motivated in that football game, and that scares me. So while I don't think Florida has a great football team, and I don't think they're going to be very good, and I think Napier will get fired next season, I do think just looking at the environment makes this a tough a somewhat difficult game. The next one I have here is South Carolina. Um, you know, I I keep going back and forth on Beamer. Do I like him? Do I think he's going to be a good coach? Uh, last offseason, I was a believer in South Carolina. I thought they were going to be a good football team. I still thought the Aggies beat them, knowing that game was in Kyle Field. Um, if that game was on the road last year, I would have been a lot more concerned. But... I just don't believe South Carolina is going to be a good football team. That environment, uh, Sandstorm is really cool, but that environment doesn't quite scare me as much as the other two. It is still an impressive environment. South Carolina fans, if anybody is here, I'm not. Um, it's, it's an incredibly impressive environment. But I think Auburn and Florida are some of the best in the SEC, and that's why I, I, I'm not as concerned about South Carolina. I don't think, you know – they always do a pretty good job in the portal. They're doing better on the recruiting trail. But I think if it's going to work for Shane Beamer, I think he is still a little bit ways away from making that happen. The build is kind of taking longer than many expected. So I'm not a big believer in South Carolina and that they, they're they going to be a great team next season. So that's number three. Number four is Mississippi State. You know, Mississippi State, once again, that environment, you know, the cowbells, they're annoying. I don't, I'm, I'll mute the TV, but not a terrifying environment. I like their, their new coach. I like what they're doing. They're loading up on offensive line in the portal. They're doing some good things, but I don't think that team will be where it needs to be next season to be a game that I'm super concerned about, if that makes sense. So, you know, obviously, once again, I think that I think that the higher they made will have them in a better spot going forward. But right now, no, I, I'm not concerned about Mississippi State. And I think that's a pretty manageable, winnable game for the Aggies on the road. 
Then the fifth, you don't have to count this. It's a neutral site game, the Arkansas Razorbacks. You don't, don't have to count it as a road game, but it's away from Kyle Field, so we're going to count it for this argument. But it's number five for me. I mean, I this thing is falling off the tracks, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and I don't think Arkansas is going to be a good football team next year. I think the Aggies blow them out um, in that game. I, I don't. I don't think that's going to be a close one. I don't think you're going to see the Razorbacks put up much of a fight, to be honest with you. I don't think they're going to be a great football team next year. And then I think that'll be it for the experiment over there. So um, that's how I rank these road games. Let me know that in the YouTube comments. Let me know these two things. Let me know in the YouTube comments. Rank those road games. Go ahead and include Arkansas just for the experiment. And then tell me, do you think Connor Weaveman can be a top five quarterback in the SEC? Let me know those two things in the YouTube comments. I'll respond back, and we can have a conversation on those things. I took down some stats from the Aggies last year. And we're going to talk about with this new coaching staff and this roster turnover, will there be more or less in 2024? We'll have that conversation coming up right here. Unlocked on Aggies. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, and then you can use the new Explore tab to find bets that other uh, players have placed, and you can trail those. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which makes it easy to do it. It's just a ton of fun to use the FanDuel app. I personally use the FanDuel app. I hit a college basketball parlay yesterday. Uh, My dad hit a big bet on FanDuel this weekend. He was very excited about that. So it's a ton of, a ton of fun to use FanDuel. I highly recommend it. It just makes the game more fun. And you can bet on anything, any sport you want to bet on, they got it over at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So before we call it a day here at Locked on Aggies, I want to run through some of these numbers and, and, and say more or less just based on kind of the new coaching staff, some of these new additions, where we're at. So first is passing yards. The Aggies, between four quarterbacks, had 3,520 passing yards. So I'm kind of basing this off Kansas State, some of the offensive numbers here. Kansas State last year had 3,185 passing yards. I think that the Aggies, what I'm saying is, I think that the way Coach Colin Klein's offense is going to function, 3520 is going to be kind of the higher end passing yards wise. So I think I have here equal or less, but I don't think it's, I think it'll be in between those two numbers. It'll be more than Kansas State had last year and then either right around or a little bit less than what the Aggies had last year just based on the way Coach Klein likes to run his offense. Um, Rushing yards, 
Last season, the Aggies rushed for 1,770 yards. I think Texas A&M runs for a ton more next season. Kansas State ran for 2,653 yards. I think you're going to see Texas A&M's number closer to that um, number. And I think, you know, you need tackles for pass blocking and run blocking, but getting some of these guards in the portal to help pull on different blocks, on different run plays, I think is going to help this rushing attack, beefing up this offensive line from home. I, I still want the coaching staff to get more and more and more and more and more talent on the O-line. Tackles, guards, centers, go get them all. Want them all. But I think that improving this offensive line is, of course, going to help pass protect, but will also help create holes for these running backs next season. So I think you're going to see a lot, not just a little more, a lot more rushing yards next season for the Aggies. Um, the sack number, 42 sacks for Texas A&M last season. Incredible number. So Duke last year with Coach Elko had 29 sacks. I think um, that with these pass rushers, and speaking of pass rushers, I meant to say this, Alston from Marshall, who we discussed yesterday, um, his tenure at Texas A&M has come to a, a, a swift end. Um, I'm just kidding around. He decommitted um, yesterday, and I was joking in the comments saying, like, um, I'm going to tell my kids about him, Texas A&M legend. I'll never forget the Alston um, tenure at Texas A&M. Uh, best of luck to him wherever he was. I hate losing him. I hate losing him. I mean, I, I'm making light of the situation. He's an incredible football player that would have made Texas A&M's pass rush a lot better. I hate losing him. So um, I'm making, I'm kidding around. Losing him is a problem. But um, the sack number, I think that you're going to get a lot more sacks from the edge this year than you're going to get from like the secondary and from the interior offensive line. But I, I think that 42 number is going to be hard to beat. I think I'm hoping that you can get around there that you can be there, um, which I think is doable. But 42 is a number. I'd love to see Texas a repeat with 40 sacks next season. Um, 13 defensive turnovers. I think you'll see more defensive turnovers for this Texas a team next season. And then 10 um, interceptions or less. Last season, Kansas State with Will Howard had 10 interceptions. I think with a healthy Wigman playing good football, I think he can have less than 10 picks next season. And ha- um, in route to an incredible season. So those are kind of the stats, more or less. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Thank you all every day so much for being here. If you haven't already, hit that uh, subscribe button, hit that like button. It helps the show a ton. If you're listening on podcast platforms, leave um, five stars. That also helps the show a ton. Thank you all so much for being here every single day. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day today and we will see you tomorrow.